When we read the Christian scriptures, we believe we're doing more than simply reading an ancient text. We believe that God actually speaks to us through these words. So let's take a moment of silence to clear our minds and quiet our hearts so we can listen to God's word. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? He said to them, What things? They said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, The Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. Thanks, Angie. Everybody, my name is Katie. I'm one of the other pastors here at Nova. Uh, Will you pray with me? God, thanks that you are here, that you're with us, that you're speaking. And so we just ask that you would help us to hear, that you would help us to respond that your spirit would move in this place and open our eyes to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. That did not go like you thought it would. Maybe it was your plans for the weekend, big plans. Been planning it for a while, going to the mountains to ski and your family's flying in. But then you got sick or, or they got sick or you all got sick or their flight got canceled. There goes those plans. Maybe it was your holiday plans this past Christmas. Anyone fly Southwest this past Christmas? I see you. Anyone try to fly Southwest this past Christmas? You had great plans. Spending Christmas with Grandma, going to New York, whatever it was, but then your flight got delayed, and then it got canceled, and then it got rebooked for February. That didn't go like you thought it would. Maybe it's a new job. 
been unemployed for a while, but you got a new job and you're really excited about it, you feel good about the organization, you're feeling good about your boss, got a new work badge, new work email, but then less than two months later, here you are cleaning out your desk again. A turn of events that you didn't see coming. A hand you didn't really see yourself being dealt. Maybe it's in a, a relationship. Maybe it's with your health. You kind of get blindsided by that diagnosis. Maybe it's your, your finances, your, your career path. Maybe it's a really ordinary thing, like a conversation you need to have with someone, an important conversation. So you sort of like rehearse it in your head a little bit. Like you have a game plan, like I'm going to say this, and they're going to be like, wow, she's so wise. And this is how it's going to go down. And then you actually get into the conversation, and you say X, and they yell Y. So you scream back Z, and then doors are slammed, and here you are. That didn't go like you thought it would. That didn't go like you were expecting. And you're left kind of trying to make sense of what just happened here. In our passage today, these two disciples of, of Jesus, they're, they're left trying to make sense of what just happened. They're reeling from the events, from all that's gone down the past few days in Jerusalem, from what happened to their rabbi, what happened to their teacher, what happened to their Messiah, Jesus, because all their hopes and all their dreams for what God would do, all their hopes and all their dreams for how God would come through, all of that had been pinned on Jesus. And then all of that came to a really violent end when Jesus was crucified. It all came to a horrific end when Jesus was nailed to a cross, crucified, dead, buried. Past few days have been the worst days of their lives. And their spirits are crushed, their hearts are broken, their hope, it's gone. Hope, gone. And so these disciples, they pack their backs. They hit the road. They start going to a village called Emmaus. They start walking there. They're reeling from all that has happened. And apparently, they're external processors because they're trying to talk it out. Any external processors here? Just me? Cool. They're trying to talk it out. They're trying to figure out what just happened. We read in verse 15 and 16, while they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey, they were prevented from recognizing him. Why? Why were they prevented from recognizing Jesus? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's a joke. But it's Jesus. It's Jesus there. Very much alive. This is not a ghost. This is not a hallucination. This is not a vision. This is not zombie Jesus. That's not good news. No, this is Jesus bodily raised from the dead. Heart beating again. Blood pumping again. Walking with them. This has been the worst few days of their lives. They're reeling and they're processing. And they're not alone. They're not alone. Jesus meets them in their confusion and their despair. So this Easter, if you find yourself hurting... If you find yourself confused, if you find yourself kind of skeptical, you're in really good company with these two disciples in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Jesus asks, what are you talking about? The one named Cleopas replied, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? He said to them, what things? I love this interaction. <laughs> There is such great humor here, is they explain to Jesus everything that has happened to Jesus 
the past few days. Jesus says, what things? Tell me about the things. And so they do. They tell him. They tell him what happened. They tell him what happened to him the past few days. Jesus was handed over and sentenced to death. Jesus was crucified. Verse 21, we had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. We had hoped. Such heartbreak, right? Such like disillusionment captured in those words. We had hoped this was going to turn out differently. We had hoped for a different prognosis. We had hoped for a different outcome. We had hoped for a different ending. We had hoped for something good and something beautiful to come from this. We had hoped for redemption. We had hoped, past tense. Their hope, it's, it's gone. That door has been closed, or more accurately, that tomb has been shut. Now, there are some reports circulating. There's some reports circulating. Some women from their community have told them that the tomb was empty, that that an angel appeared to them telling them that Christ is risen. But honestly, they think the women, they think they're making it up. It sounds like, like nonsense. I think sometimes we imagine people from the first century, people we read about in the Gospels, people like ancient people, we kind of imagine them as being really, really gullible. Like they're just going to buy anything. They're just going to believe anything. Anything like fantastical, they're going to believe. So a friend of mine from high school, the other day she posted uh, about a bucket list that her family had started. So January, they created all these things they really wanted to do as a family. Each week, they drew an item out of the bucket. Here's what we'll do this week. Here's the adventure. Here's whatever. And the past week, they drew skydiving. So she's like, okay, didn't see that coming. (laughs) Here we go. And so she said, we did it. We went, my whole family But then we got there, she said, and my little girl chickened out, so I volunteered. She said, I volunteered to stay on the ground with her, but my husband Blake and my baby Travis, they went skydiving. She's like, it was incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Ultimate Skydiving, for keeping my family safe. Thank you for getting them safely to the ground. And she posted a picture of her baby uh, in the plane about to skydive. She posted this picture of her baby, and I saw this, and that's what I said. That's what I said. I was like, wow, I did not know they let babies skydive. I was like, that, that, that is a cool photo. I was like, that's a cool baby. That's a really cool baby. I was like, would I, would I, would I go skydiving? I don't know. Like, and, then I, and then I kept scrolling, okay? And then a few days later, my friend shared some more photos. The baby skydiving had been part of a group of babies uh, skydiving, setting a world record for children dropped uh, from a plane. And so she shared these other photos of all these babies, and then she shared this. I'm glad. I think some of you fell for it, which makes me feel better, because I totally fell for it. And in my defense, she said her own parents fell for it and were a little upset. And then I, I messaged her, and I said, oh, can I? I thought she photoshopped that. I was like, can I share a picture of your, of your baby at church? And she's like, that's not my baby. That was with AI. And I was like, oh, can I share your fake baby with my church? <laughs> Here's the thing. The disciples on that first Easter morning, they are devastated. Jesus is dead. And, and the first reports of this angelic vision, the empty tomb, it, it sounds like utter nonsense. It sounds like the worst prank ever. The women who went to that tomb that first Easter morning, they were no fools. They knew dead people stay dead. More than we today, the average people at that time, they had an intimate experience of death. They knew death well enough to know there was no coming back from this. 
Maybe you've had a situation in your life where you're feeling there's no coming back from this. Jesus was crucified. The Romans, they knew how to kill people. They knew how to do the worst, the so-called worst of society, criminals and rebels and, and revolutionaries. Jesus is dead. End of story. Pack your bags. Hit the road. Let's go home. And what about us? What about when we can't see God? When things don't go as we planned in our, in our marriage, in our job, in our life, as we had hoped? When it seems like nothing can change, when it seems like maybe nothing new can actually break through in your life, when things are just really, really, really hard, or when it seems like death just always wins, like injustice just always wins, like evil just always wins, could it be true that we have not been left alone? That God is actually here. That God actually meets us on the road, that hope actually meets us here, that hope actually holds on to us, that Christ suffered and died just like the prophet said he would. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead by the power of God. Jesus walked out of the tomb. Those two disciples, they're walking with Jesus. They approach their destination, and they're like, Jesus, please don't go. Stay with us. So they all head in for supper. They're at the table together, and it says Jesus took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight, and they asked each other, weren't our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? When they sat down for supper in the simple act of eating a meal, their eyes were open. Just a few moments, we're going to come to this table sharing this meal together, the sacred act, believing that God is here, the sacred act that God is with us. And then as soon as I stop talking, we're going to have dinner, we're going to feast, we're going to get around tables believing that God is there, this sacred act, that we are not alone, that God meets us here, that God actually opens our eyes. Whatever road we walk, wherever we are in our journey, Jesus meets us here, inviting us into life, the life we were made for, the life of God, the resurrection life of Jesus. And so tonight, what I'm praying for you, and I hope you'll pray for yourself, is God, open my eyes. Help me to see you. And honestly, sometimes we don't. Sometimes our eyes are kept from seeing, but even there, maybe especially there, we're not alone. Christ is there. God is with us. Christ is with us. Because the good news of the resurrection isn't something just locked in the past. We're not just telling like a feel-good story tonight before we head back to the real world. No, this is good news for the world, the world that God so loves that he sent his one and only son. And the good news of the resurrection of Jesus, it actually comes and meets us on the road, wherever we are in our journey. When we feel like cynicism, it's just sinking in. When it looks like the world just runs on sex and violence and power and money and to believe anything else is unbearably naive, when it feels like nothing can change, nothing will change, when you feel stuck or, or alone or tired or numb or, or when you want to just give up, that's when we need to hear this good news the most, the good news that met those disciples in their disillusionment, the presence of Jesus that opened their eyes to the God who was with them, the good news that death doesn't get the last word, that the love of God actually has the final say in your story and my story and this world, the good news that Christ is risen, the impossibly good news that Jesus is alive. Whatever road we walk, wherever we are in our journey, that we don't walk alone, 
that the risen Jesus meets us here. I love this quote. Sometimes it's attributed to Augustine. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. You can see this quote. It says this, We are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. We are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. What does that mean? What does it mean to be Easter people? What does it look like to consent to the work of hope in your life? What does it look like to say yes to hope tonight? To consent to the work of hope in your life? It doesn't mean we're naive. It doesn't mean we ignore the reality of pain and suffering and injustice in our world. It doesn't mean we kind of stick our head in the sand and try to block all that out. No, we actually face the suffering in our world. We actually enter into the suffering in our world. We actually go with courage and humility and love. What does it mean to be Easter people? What does it mean to consent to the work of hope in your life tonight? To actually say yes to the hope of God. It could look like trying to find community, moving towards people when you've been burnt by community in the past. It could look like fighting for justice when the battle is long and it all seems uphill And it seems like the power of injustice has a stranglehold on on everything. It could look like showing up at that AA meeting for the first time in a long time. Or your therapist's office for the first time in a long time. It could look like opening your heart to God with a really simple prayer like, help me, hear me, save me, I need you. What does it mean to be Easter people? It means... That we are held by the hope of Jesus. The hope that in the end, God will do what only God can do and make everything new, including us. That we are held by the living God. That we are held by the hope of God.